Hey y'all, Dan here with another episode of Old School Saturday. This is your Be Kind Rewind Disney Movie Plus Disney Plus Movie Podcast episode. Today is going to be Sleeping Beauty. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Talk to you next week. spectacle, brimming with gay music and delightful new songs, filled with fascinating new Disney characters. I wonder, I wonder, you'll meet lovely Princess Briar Rose. I wonder why each little bird has a song to sing to. Hop boy! Meet handsome Prince Philip and Samson, his noble steed. You'll meet the most delightful fairies who ever wafted a magic wand. Flora. Follow me. Fauna. And Merryweather. You'll share the fun with King Stephen and King Hubert. <laughs> and you'll see Maleficent work her wondrous witchcraft. Stand back, you fools! The fine art of animation becomes magnificent entertainment as Walt Disney brings one of the world's favorite stories to the screen. It's filled with magical fun. It's spectacular in its beauty. And there's adventure to excite every emotion. No, 
the management of this theater is proud to recommend this magnificent motion picture to every member of every family everywhere. Welcome, everyone, to another fine-feathered episode of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney podcast. I, of course, am Dan. And back in the studio, we have Ichabod Bones! At long last. It has been forever. My fault, of course, but I've just been busy. But I'm glad to be back. Well, we are glad to have you back, because people just like listening to me by myself. And even though we've had some good podcasts, it's just not the same without the original co-host, driver's seat, so to speak. Wow, what an episode to come back on. One of the most iconic, quintessential Disney movies of all time. I mean, this is this is top three. This is, this is the cream of the crop, yeah! I mean, this is... When you think of Disney, you think of Snow White... Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty. This is it. This is the apex, the pinnacle. Yes. So, as you can tell, we are going to be covering Cinderella. No, wait. <laughs> no way. No. We are going to be covering 101 Dalmatians, which is... Not... I'm kidding. Of course, we are talking about the prequel to Maleficent, which was released 50 ends of it. We are talking about Sleeping Beauty, which... I think Sleeping Beauty has her own castle at one of the parks. I could be incorrect on that. Oh, yeah, at least one. Well, kind of. One and a former one. We can get into that more later, but yeah. Okay. Disneyland, California, definitely. And there's one in, in Asia that used to be, but they kind of added on to it. Oh, so now it's Maleficent's castle? There's been talk about that. We can get into that, too. Oh, boy. So we've got a whole lot to unpack. And... This movie, believe it or not, was released January the 29th, 1959. So we are talking 72 years ago. Or, wow. is my math right? No, 62 years ago. My math doesn't work that well this time of night. <laughs> and it did a whopping $5.3 million in revenue, which, I mean, that's good for today's standard. Yeah, but that's, that's good money. $48 million in today's money, which is really good money, especially considering it's a hour and 20 minutes? 17, hour 17. Okay. And I take it you just watched this earlier today, is that correct? <laughs> to be I able did, to... on my break, while I was at work. <laughs> Literally. Okay. All right, so you, you, are, you are primed and ready to go for this. And, th and this was, of course, your first time watching this movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Not even the first time this year. Wow, that's a that's a interesting statement to be made because we are five months into the year and you've watched it more than once. Yeah, yeah, and th and this is another one of those where I watched bits and pieces of it when it was on. Well, not really the Disney, on like Wonderful World of Disney or Disney around the USA or whatever it was called before it was Wonderful World of Disney. So I've watched bits and pieces of it, but this is one that I can definitely say I've never watched from beginning to end until when I sat down to start doing show prep. So wow. I'm probably going to get hate mail, but that's fine. We will take <laughs> any kind of mail as long as it comes in, because that means you're listening, even though this might be your last episode listening to us, because <laughs> Dan Teets has not watched Sleeping Beauty. I'm sorry. I've watched Maleficent. I've hey. watched Maleficent 2. I've actually watched both of those multiple times. So that really makes me an even worse person, I guess. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, well, thank you, Icky. I appreciate being called a bad person by you, too. <laughs> but we will get into the Maleficent talk in just a few moments. For now, we will go ahead and talk about the movie itself. All right, so the movie begins with a beautifully ornate book named Sleeping Beauty, which, of course, is the title of the movie. And the narrator begins to tell the tale as the pages turn. And the story begins with the day that the kingdom was to pay homage to Princess Aurora. Inside the palace, Stefan and his wife welcome Hubert and Philip, who was declared to be the betrothed to Aurora. Three fairies appear who are named Flora, Fauna, and Meriwether, and they each give Aurora one gift each. Flora gives Aurora her beauty, Fauna gives her the gift of song, and Meriwether is in the middle of giving her her gift, when Maleficent appears, Maleficent appears, and asks where her invite was, and she's advised that she isn't wanted, I think, by Meriwether. So Maleficent turns to leave, but gives Aurora the gift of death by a spinning wheel on her 16th birthday. And since Meriwether hadn't finished her gift, she in turn changes that gift to, or Maleficent's gift, to the fact that Aurora will not die, but shall sleep until she has true love's kiss awaken her. So Stefan goes and destroys all the spinning wheels so that the curse can't happen. And the three fairies come up with a plan to save Aurora, which is to raise Aurora as a foundling in an abandoned cottage without the aid of magic. So we fast forward to just before Aurora's 16th birthday. And Maleficent is upset because there hasn't been any sign of Aurora. And the minions revealed then that they've been searching for a baby the entire 16 years instead of a girl who has grown. And so Maleficent sends out her crow to find Aurora. And we come back to the woodcutter's cottage and we see Aurora who has been raised as by the name of Briar Rose. And the fairies send Aurora out to pick berries while they make everything ready for her 16th birthday party. Flora makes a mess of the, of the dress and Fauna makes a mess out of the cake. Meanwhile, Aurora's out in the woods and begins to sing a song. And several animals come to join her on her walk, including Thumper and Wise Old Owl from Winnie the Pooh. And Prince Philip's out riding and hears the singing and takes off to find it, but he ends up in a stream instead, soaking wet. So Aurora says that she's dreamt of a prince, but wakes up just before he's about to kiss her. And a squirrel sees Prince Philip's outfit and comes up with the idea to bring all to bring the outfit to the prince, or to bring Aurora her prince, I'm sorry, by making the animals into the prince. And so they dance around with Aurora as Philip walks up and takes the animals out of the picture and he actually finishes the dance. And Aurora is shocked by him, but they dance around the lake like nothing's the matter. And Philip asks Aurora for her name, but she runs off. But she tells her tells him that he can meet her in the cottage in the glen. So, meanwhile, back at the abandoned cottage, Meriwether finally convinces the other fairies to get out their wands and fix up everything for the party. 
And Meriwether starts the Sorcerer's Apprentice with a mop and a broom. As Flora fixes the dress, Fauna makes the 39 and a half layer cake or however many layers it is. And finally, Flora and Meriwether get into a magic match that ends with Maleficent's crow finding the cottage because he sees the he sees all the magic coming out of the chimney. So Aurora comes in and she's surprised by the dress, which is what Flora and Meriwether were fighting over because they were changing it from pink to blue to pink to blue to pink to blue instead of just agreeing on it and changing it to purple, which would have been a um, compromise for both of them. But once Aurora sees the dress, she says she can't wait for them to meet Prince Philip. And Flora says that Aurora can't ever see the young man again. Meanwhile, back at the castle, Stefan's worried about Aurora, while Hubert's saying that there's nothing to worry about. Apparently, they've stayed together for the last 16 years, not thinking anything weird about having two kings living in the same castle. And so, Hubert tells Stefan that he's already built a house for Aurora and Philip, and Stefan and Hubert almost come to blows because of a misunderstanding. But well, that's quickly dismantled. And Philip rides in and announces that he has met the girl that he's going to marry. And he rides off to get Aurora. And the scene ends up with Hubert trying to figure out how to st tell Stefan that Philip's not going to marry Aurora. So the fairies sneak Aurora back into the castle and they lock her up in her room. And they place a crown on her head and she collapses in a sobbing heap. And somehow Maleficent appears in the fireplace and walks out an up staircase to where a spinning wheel magics into existence. And of course Maleficent being equal evil talks Aurora into touching the spindle before she disappears. And the sun goes down as Hubert is trying to tell Stefan about Philip. And we see this fairy standing around Aurora's bed crying. And so they decide to put everybody in the kingdom to sleep until Aurora is awakened. And they set off doing that. And Flora is putting Hubert to sleep when he tells Stefan about Philip. And the fairies set back off for the cottage. Where of course Philip is. And he gets jumped by Maleficent's minions. And the fairies get there too late. And so they head out for the Forbidden Man Mountain. Where they overhear Philip tell Briar... Er, Maleficent tells Philip that Briar Rose is the same as Aurora. She says that he that she's going to release him after a hundred years and that he can go and try to awaken her. And the fairies rescue Philip, give him the shield of virtue and the sword of truth, and he has to fight his way out of the castle with a little help from the fairies. So Meriwether turns the crow to stone as Maleficent casts a spell that creates a forest of thorns around the castle. But he hacks his way back through it, and of course Maleficent transforms into a dragon. And Philip's thrown in from his horse by her fire, and she sets all of his thorns on fire. And his shield gets knocked away, and Aurora casts a spell that causes his sword to find Maleficent's heart. And she falls to her death, which happens off-screen, of course, because it's a Disney movie. And so... He runs up, kisses Aurora, and she wakes up along with everybody else in the kingdom. And Hubert's about to tell Stefan about the peasant girl that Philip had found when Philip and Aurora walk down the steps 
and they bow to the royalty. Hubert's flummoxed as Aurora kisses him, and then she and Philip dance to Once Upon a Dream, which is the um, song that she had been singing when she danced with the animals back at the beginning of the movie. And so the movie ends with Flana crying over the happy ending, and Flora and Meriwether fighting over the co over the color of Aurora's dress. So, you say this isn't your first time watching the movie. This why is no. it one? Why is it one that you go to? Well, not necessarily one that I go to, but I had watched Maleficent earlier this year, and I'm like, well, this is cool. It's like a like an origin story. I just want to go back and watch the original again now that I've seen Maleficent and kind of and the second one, Maleficent two, to kind of fill in the gaps and kind of make a, a, a continuous a contiguous story arc mm -hmm. just for funsies, you know, see how different it is seeing it now knowing the backstory. And Maleficent is definitely a very major character, even though she's only. She's only really at the beginning and at the end. Yeah, for but, the most part. Yeah. But she's the but she's the core that makes Sleeping Beauty what Sleeping Beauty is. Right. And I mean, I mean, I actually I watched Maleficent when it came out in the, because that's one of Grayson's. Well, Sleeping Beauty is also one of Grayson's favorite movies. So I'm kind of in the minority on this. Right. But I'm not. I'm definitely not a Sleeping Beauty aficionado, I guess would be the right way. Be because I could have swore, and it may be the fact that all Disney movies that have a villain like this seem to transform into dragons. Because <laughs> didn't the Black Cauldron also have a dragon that the guy had to kill at the end? Or am I just pulling that out of the Mandela's fire, so to speak? I that. That's actually a movie that I have not seen. I have not seen The Black Cauldron, so I can neither confirm nor deny. Oh. And see, again, you can send hate mail. To be <laughs> kind, rewind, dmp at gmail.com. <laughs> but, yeah, it, and that's why I thought that I had seen the end. But the ending's not actually the ending, because after Maleficent's dead, which, once again, you have an off-screen death, which... I mean, it's typical right. Disney fair to have an off-screen death. That it's there's still stuff to go on, and I and I think yeah, and I think that's the problem. I don't remember anything about the movie other than Prince Philip. I think is his name, or is that the dad? I'm no, Philip is the. I think so. And now I'm getting my Once Upon a Time mixed in with all that because there was a Sleeping Beauty <laughs> <laughs> Once Upon a Time. Oh boy. But, I mean, Prince Philip running up, almost getting killed because the Ark Bridge collapses, and then suddenly Maleficent the dragon, spoiler alert if you haven't watched it, she becomes a dragon, she shoots a fireball at him, and he jumps, and somehow drives his sword through her, and you would think that would be the end. Just like with Sleep, or just like with Old Yeller, you don't remember the part after the death. <laughs> Right. And so I'm just when I was watching, it, I was like, "Wait, this isn't the end of the movie?" Because I hit the pause button to see, and I was like, "No, there's still five minutes left in it." Yeah. Because well, you have they, to have the happily well, yeah, ever you have after the climax, and then you have to have the the resolution, right? Yeah. Yeah. But 
And I'm thinking that the... And, I mean, it may just be my very bad memory about all things Disney that the happily ever after happens off screen too, but no, it's right there. And you have all three of the little witches. Fair, oh, excuse me. They're fairies. <laughs> they are not witches. The three of the right. little good witch. <laughs> are you a good witch <laughs> or a bad witch, sweetie? <laughs> yeah. Have all three of them blubbering as they fade to black and sleeping beauty, Aurora and Philip drive off into the sunset or ride off into the So, I mean, I'm sorry that I I don't, and I don't claim to be a knowledgeable. That's the, that probably will get me in trouble. There, I, there are many movies that I haven't seen that a lot of people haven't seen. It's just, this is what it is, right? Yeah. But you've seen it now, and it's a great, great movie. Yeah, it, it will definitely go in the rotation for when Thompson is... Old enough to appreciate it because I think he actually slept through it right <laughs> next to me when I was watching this. Yeah. In fact, I think he actually slept through both of the movies, this and the wonderful movie that is the cry fest of Old Yeller. Oh, yeah. One day he'll appreciate it. <laughs> no, he won't. He, we, no. Hey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not subjecting him to Old Yeller. I, <laughs> I, I put up, listen to me, I put up with it for the both of them. And that's that's all I'm going to say about it. He made an appearance in the podcast, so that's that's his time with Old Yeller. That's it. That's it. But all right. Now, one thing that I have to say was Walt Disney reusing critters yeah. in this movie because was Winnie the Pooh hadn't come out yet, had it? I could tell you in about two seconds. I I don't think he had the rights to it yet. No, because he had. Woodsy the Owl, which I know that's not the... But it seems like this is about the third or fourth movie that there's been an owl in it that hmm. looks almost exactly like the wise old owl out of Winnie the Pooh. So I don't know if he had his artist working on trying to hone the the look of it. Or Maybe. I'm, I'm guessing the, the Winnie the Pooh that we know and love was created by Disney, right? Because before that... They were just books. I mean, yeah. there may have been some crude illustration. Was it A.A. A. Milne, right? There yes. might have been some illustrations in the book, but nothing like what we've come to, you know, come to know and love. So maybe he already had that owl in production. And he just used it for Winnie the Pooh. I don't know. Good observation. But then you also had Thumper that played the shoes for for Aurora's prince that she saw in a dream. Right. And of course, Bambi came out like. Several years before this, yeah, uh, 1942, and I was actually looking it up, and Winnie the Pooh didn't come out until 1977. So we're talking yeah. 18 years of them working on getting the wise old Woodsy the Owl correct. <sighs> Uh-oh, they're after you. I was trying to look for the mute button to mi mute my microphone. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. So you have to pick that up. <laughs> hey, it, ma it makes for interesting. It makes for an interesting podcast because that way people are wondering what's going on at Icky's place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I don't know. But I mean, watching this and then having watched Maleficent, they left a lot of stuff out of Maleficent because there yeah, wasn't it, it... there wasn't any minions. It was just the crow because the crow got all the all the, the bad rap. Yes, and yeah. but the but the crow got all of the heat from Aurora or not Aurora from Maleficent because he couldn't find Aurora, and then in this movie 
It's the minions that get in trouble, which those are not the minions from Universal Studios, so let's not get it twisted, because that would have been a totally different movie, which I probably would have watched. Is it just me, or is it just me, or those little minion troglodyte things? Seems like I've seen them in a video game, like Rayman. Have you ever played any of the Rayman games? It looks like the little critters in Rayman. I am not Rayman from... Origins. I don't... I'm not Maybe familiar I'm with that. That was a uh, Sega game, right? Or was it? I played on the Switch, so I don't know where it came. PlayStation, maybe I don't know. Well, if it was, I don't know. If it's on the Switch, then it was probably a Nintendo game. So it's probably like one of the Ubisoft. I don't know what platform. Yeah. I think it was Ubisoft. I don't know. Getting off topic. One of the first things I really noticed that really caught my attention was in the very beginning, in the opening scene, when you see the castle and the fanfare, and they're all singing praises, hail to the king and the queen, how they had, it looked like they were using, you remember that big machine that we saw in one of the episodes where they take the different slides, and they, they layer them, and they look down from the top, and you could see the different layers of, of cells, mm-hmm. and you could see the horses are going at one speed in one direction, and then one band of people is going the other direction in a different speed, and then behind them, people are going this way at a different speed, so it had all these things going on at the same time in different directions, and you could really see, and the background was static, like the castle, the wall, mm-hmm. and the pathway. That never changed, <clears throat> but the people moving in different in different speeds, you could really see that that machine that he, and I, the name escapes me, but you know what I'm talking about, that yeah. machine that he invented. You could see it being used, and it was like, this is really cool. I never noticed this before. We started learning about that stuff in one of the episodes that we watched, yeah, or that we and, talked about. And that actually, I believe they actually have, if not the original, a um, replica of that at Universal, or um, well, it's actually called what? Where Star Wars landed? Hollywood Studios. Yes, because I know it was MGM, and then it was something else, and then finally they changed. Hollywood Studios. If you actually walk through the Walt Disney exhibit, yeah, they actually yeah. have that that set up right there, and I think I think they have it set up on Bambi, just because I think that was one of the first times that they actually. But yeah, I could. Right. And now, now that you mention it, I could definitely see the. I could. I'm, I'm seeing what you're. Yeah. Another little cool thing that I never noticed until I watched with the critical eye was the first time we see. I believe it was the first time we see Maleficent. Her skin is like a. A ghostly pale green and the way what the artists were trying to do was use shadowing to make it look like she's in the dark and when then she comes into the light her skin changes hmm. and the same thing with the uh, little the three little fairies you know their their dresses when they're in the dark they look a different color like the red dress looks kind of purple and the blue dress looks kind of green denoting that they're not in the full light they're kind of in maybe not natural light or maybe they're in the dungeon light and the light when they're when they're flying in to see the the little troglodytes dancing around the green fire, you know you can see the green light coming in out of the window, and their dresses are a different shade of green and blue, and then when they go in they're a different shade, and then when they get in full light they're they're a different color yet. It was amazing to see the the slight use of change of hues to denote different lighting, and the same thing was true in um, was a Cinderella where her dress looked blue but it was really white or was it, it looked white, but it was really blue because of the lighting that she was in little things like that. I just never noticed, but it really, really impressed me. I was like, wow, that was amazing. And, th- and this is, this is well before CG, of course, because computers weren't even on the scene. Right. So yeah, it took, it took a 
very critical hand to actually draw things and then paint them so that they gave off different colors when and it's kind of like those cars that look different colors when you when you look at them in yeah. different and I know I'm totally yeah. boiling it down to its base level <laughs> with that right right and and now that you've said that I get, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it probably in a couple of years when Thompson is old enough to appreciate <laughs> the fact that a maid does still need rescue yes this is before the maids started to rescue themselves yeah <laughs> but I'm I was also now that I'm starting I'm I'm starting to read over the notes did the the fact that the three fairies all brought gifts it kind of is a little I don't know if it's an homage to Jesus's birth because it had the three wise men yeah and I, I didn't even realize that and then you got the evil then you got the evil witch Maleficent who comes in and pretty much says you're gonna die which brings the whole show to a screeching halt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even to add upon that, when toward the end, when the fairies are, are giving the prince his weapons, she's like, "Here's the the, the this sort of truth, because good will always vanquish evil." So it's like she's like they're they're quoting you know Ephesians three when they talk about the sword of the spirit and things like this. Mm-hmm. So that almost seems like there was a little bit of a of a biblical backbone to it. Like, good will always triumph over evil and go vanquish the enemy. And how Maleficent even says something about, I'm going to drag you down to the pits of hell or something like that Mm -hmm. at some point. Yeah. And I actually, I kind of thought, I was thinking about the the different pieces that he got because it was like there was, he he got a shield, he got a sword, and then did he get armor or did he already have his armor? No, I don't think he had any armor. I think he just had his cloak. But I know she specifically called it the Shield of Righteousness, and it had a cross on it. Which is a reference to the Knights Templar. Right. Oh, okay. Now we're going to go that way. All right. <laughs> sure, why not? Because we... Because we... His hand in his shirt stick like that. <gasps> you know how in the old pictures, all the, the founders have in his shirt? Yeah. Kicking into your second Mountain Dew Zero, I see. Yes. At least the second one on camera. Well, hey, that's fine. You're you're allowed you're allowed to have that. I'm going to have me a icy cold beverage after we get done with this because I've been drinking water all day. Nice. But yeah, this is I mean this is another movie where everything ties in with the rest of the Disney universe because as you oh, know, absolutely. everything has to everything has to be connected. And I explained that to Scott, and he's like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with the zombie Davy Crockett moving to moving and having a new family in Old Yeller because oh, he yeah. grew a mustache, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh yeah, I never thought about that." But the fact that now this is where is this actually set? Is this Germany or is they they don't actually ever say where this? I don't know if they ever said. Now the castle itself was modeled after a castle in Germany. Okay. But I don't know if they actually gave... I don't think they gave any kind of a setting that I know of. Well, considering we had Woodsy the Owl, which, I mean, once again, it almost looks frame for frame from things that are taken 25 years later, so I don't know if somebody's like, well, I like the way that owl looks, so let's go ahead and reshoot him. So that way that's yeah. one last thing that you got to do. There was a lot of that going on in those days. There were a lot of scenes that were duplicated frame for frame. You can go mm-hmm. online and look it up. You can see... Snow White dancing and Cinderella dancing, or you can see like Mowgli dancing, and you can see 
something from the Aristocat, put them next to each other. It's exact same sequence, hmm. frame for frame. They they did that. They recycled a lot of the same animation to save on time and save on money. So it's very possible that they did. They just recycled the character in Winnie the Pooh just to, to save time and save money. Okay, now, you said that you were going to bring up Maleficent later on. So, unless you have something else to talk about with the movie proper, are we ready for you to dive into your deep dive on Angelina Jolie's <laughs> masterpiece, Maleficent? <laughs> I, have to, I have to get myself back on track and think about what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I don't have a whole... There's a lot... Just Usually when we go through these podcasts, we talk about how the movies are relevant today and how they're represented in modern culture. And there's a lot in this movie that's represented in modern culture. We can ramble on for an hour, but it's, it's got a lot in it, you know, a parks all over the world and just in our culture in general, right? Very well known. The, the castle itself, as I was saying, was, was modeled after, a, a, I don't even know how to say it, Nuschingschwein or something like that. Some castle in Germany, which I'll I looked at a picture it. of it and it didn't look, it didn't look that much similar from what I saw. But anyway, that castle is the castle that is in Disneyland in California, Sleeping Beauty Castle. And actually, mm-hmm. unlike the castle in Orlando, the one in California actually has an exhibit inside. You can walk in and you can walk around the castle. Hmm. And there are scenes from the movie, almost like a, like a diorama. You can walk through this path. You can see the first, the first scene of the movie, the second scene. You can see all the different parts of the movie as a walking you know, walking this play throughout the castle. It's really, like Scott was mentioning, just you have to go to California at least once to go see the Walt's original park and just go walk in the castle because you can't really do that in Florida. I mean, you can walk through the bottom. There's a restaurant you can eat in, and if you're really lucky, there's there's some kind of room you can sleep in, but only if you're a celebrity or if you win a contest. But in Disneyland, you can walk all the way through it and see all the scenes. So that one is actually in California, and... It's one of the castles in Asia. I think it's Tokyo, I think, was originally the same castle, the Cinderella's castle. But then they they added on to it, and they kind of changed it around, and they made it a conglomeration of all the princess castles. So they kind of could make it their own instead of being just a carbon copy of California. They wanted to, you know, own it, make it their own. And it's kind of like when you add another room onto the back of your house, they added more onto the castle. So they had to change it. But there's been talk for many, many years of, of their becoming a, a, they call it a fifth gate, a fifth park. You know, Disney World has four parks, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom. But there's been years of them talking about making a fifth park and making it a, a villain park. Ooh. All the rides, all the restaurants, everything themed to the villains, the bad guys. And the castle would be Maleficent's castle, which, interesting side note, even back in the original movie, if you listen to the very first scene when the three fairies... Flora, Fauna, and Merriweather mention said villain. It's Male with an E. Eh, eh, Maleficent. But so many people actually believe that it's pronounced Maleficent. But it's not. It's Maleficent. And they say, well, they changed that because in the original movie it wasn't like that. No, it's always been that. Because that's it's an amalgamation of magnificent and malevolent. Malevolent means evil, right? Mm-hmm. And magnificent is... So she's magnificently evil. She's magnificently malevolent. So it's Maleficent. But that's the side note, because so many people call it Maleficent, and it's just one of my little pet peeves. Ugh, it's Maleficent. 
Anyway. And I think that's what I've been calling it all through this, so I apologize. You've been going back and forth, but I'm going to let that slide because you're my boy. <laughs> you've been going, you've been faltering back and forth. But I just wanted to point that out, that, that the, the plan was, or that the rumor has been that there was going to be a fifth park at Magic or at Hollywood Walt Disney World, and it was going to be some kind of a villain's park, all themed on scary stuff, which would be amazing because every year they have the, you know, the not-so-scary Halloween party, and they bring out all the villains, and, and it's, a, it's a whole lot of fun. I haven't been to one yet, but hopefully this year. If it isn't shut back down for all the variants, but we won't get into that. <laughs> well, so they usually have a Halloween party called Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, which they're not doing this year, but they're doing a scaled-down version of it. It's got a different name. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but they're still going to have it. Rather than having parades, they're going to have what they call cavalcades, which they've been having at the park since reopening, where instead of a parade that you can get right up against and people crowd around, they just have one or two like floats that will just randomly go down through the park at unannounced times <laughs> so that people aren't gathering and you know so they can maintain social distancing. Although right now in the parks, people are allowed to go without a mask anyway while they're outside. Inside, still have to put on the mask. But outside, so they're loosening restrictions they're upping the capacity in the park, so things are moving in the right direction. But there is going to be some kind of a Halloween party, just not this on the same scale that it's been before. But going back to that, also, in the movie, in the original movie that we just watched, whenever you see Maleficent, she is always characterized with green flames and, like, purple light around her. You know, her, her garb mm-hmm. is all purple and black. And you always see green flames and purple light, which is what Disney has kind of adopted as their Halloween colors. You know, when I was growing up, I always thought of black and orange. That's Halloween, right? Black and orange. That's yeah, always been Halloween. Chicago Bear. Disney, well, yeah. <laughs> With Disney, it's just it's purple and green because of this movie. And anytime they have a Halloween party, anytime they have Halloween merchandise, like Mickey dressed up as a vampire or whatever, it's always green and purple, which is another indelible mark left from this movie, from the purple and green. Which is really cool. I now that you mention it, I do recall seeing a actually I think it was Goofy as a as a Frankenstein analog. Which I right. mean, you're going to go green and purple and black for the three colors for Frankenstein. But yeah, I've, I've seen that, and I've seen I think I've seen Mickey on like a Halloween spectacular or something like that, and he dressed up as like Dracula or something. But there's once again it was purple and purple and green and I never put two and two together. So when Mickey and actually, I might... just thought about this. I don't know if this is integrated and also, but I just made another connection that the uh, the Haunted Mansion, which is also, you know, the ride, the attraction, also has purple and green. Hmm. The, the, the famous wallpaper that everyone knows when you go through the ride is purple and it's got the little black, you know, whatever they are, gargoyles <laughs> or whatever. And then when you go through the dark area, these purple eyes and green eyes are, are looking at you. So again... I don't know if they tied that in ahead of time because of Sleeping Beauty or if that's the reason why the Halloween is purple and green because of Haunted Mansion and I, everything I just said was totally wrong. Huh. No, no we'll, we'll go with Maleficent because we, won't, we don't want to discuss the Haunted Mansion until we get to the wonderful 2000 Eddie Murphy that everyone <laughs> wants to forget about. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Not so good. Not so good. Although they're supposed to be remaking... Another Haunted Mansion movie, and it's supposed to be much better. We'll see. Oh. Rebooting it, whatever it's called. 
a soft reboot, really called it, when you don't want to forget the horrendousness that was, but at the same <laughs> time you want for people to say, ooh, I heard about this old movie. Yeah, 20 years old being old, but I heard about this old movie. They're redoing it. Let's yeah. go see that one. And that one will yeah. steer them back to the wonderfulness that is Pluto Nash in Haunted Mansion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's definitely no coming to America. Right. True, true. Yeah. But this is not the episode on that. This is Sleeping Beauty slash Maleficent slash Maleficent 2 Electric Boogaloo. So since... So obviously that's another thing that came from this movie was the two the two prequels or origin stories, whatever you want to call them, which were great. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I Another side note, I, I saw this this meme or whatever you call it on, on the internet that was talking about the Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. you know, the movie The Little Mermaid. And they showed a picture of the the king and Ursula, and they said, "I want to see a, a origins story about the Little Mermaid because there has to be some kind of history between those two, because you see the way that he talks to her, King Triton talks to Ursula, and how they're back and forth. They're 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 thinking that maybe they were involved in some way prior to the movie, and that would be an interesting reboot in the same vein as." Maleficent to see how when they were younger they knew each other or maybe they were romantically involved or whatever whatever or King Triton was non-binary which will be the way they'll probably yeah, write that it could, that could be yeah and with them actually yeah. releasing Cruella next month which is another quote unquote prequel which we will probably go see or watch it on Disney Plus and pay 39.95 or just wait 6 <laughs> months for it yeah. to come out and not pay anything on Disney Plus Right. But, I mean, they, they're they slowly putting out prequels that people would want to see. And, I mean, I yeah. think it all started with Maleficent as far as the prequels. Because yeah. you had that, and then you had Part 2, and then I'm trying to think. Well, those might be the only two. <laughs> there was a really bad run of, of remake movies, like uh, the Lion King remake. Bah, terrible. Wait, and there was you, did, you didn't that, like the live-action one? No, the CGI live-action one. Wink, wink. No. All right, all. and this concludes our episode. <laughs> this will be the last episode ever. You know we say that at least <laughs> once every episode. <laughs> yeah. No, no, we, we, we know that it, that it went downhill when you have Will Smith playing Robin Williams in Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, I, and I'm just going to leave that one there for our listeners to either scream at or say, yeah, you're right. Because I haven't watched it, and I probably won't watch it until we cover it in 35 years. Yeah. So do we have anything further to add before we get into the questions proper? No. I think we've covered quite a bit. Okay. Well, the first question, of course, is today's impact of the movie, which I think we've done a very, a very good job of bringing it all around, how Maleficent's one of the most beloved, hated creatures nowadays, simply because yeah. Angelina played her so wonderfully. Very well, and, very and, well. And yeah. honestly, I would sit and watch three more of those movies, because I can't believe that they haven't decided to do a... Um, Maleficent 3. Yeah. And I think if there is 
I mean, we... All right. Is this movie mirrored in culture? I think our culture has kind of moved past this. I mean, there was a big to-do recently in the news that people were trying to cancel Snow White because the prince kissed Snow White, kissed a dead person against her will without her permission. And so there was... People were all up in arms that, you know... A man forced himself on a woman and kissed her without her consent, and they wanted to cancel. And you know, with the cancel culture the way it is, and we're not—I don't want to get into that because I don't want to spur any kind of anger. But I think it'll be a matter of time before people try to come after the prince and say, you know, you kissed her, well, she was asleep, and you didn't have her permission, and that's that's abuse or whatever the R word, you know? Yeah, Ronald Reagan. Yes. There was there was yeah. there was uncalled for Ronald Reagan that may or may not have happened. Un, un unsolicited romantic advances, we'll say oh, that. Yeah. And this actually this goes back to something that Scott and I talked about in last week's episode and probably the week before that because we've been discussing why Disney hasn't put more of the Walt Disney Disneyland episodes online. Yeah. And he's like, well, I think it's because they're kind of wanting to step away from the Walt Disney persona. Yeah. Even though he was the one that created everything. And I was I've like, heard well, that too. if yeah. that's the case, then do like you're doing with the Aristocats. Do like you're doing with what was the others that that they actually put the disclaimer on at the beginning of the show or the movie. Yeah. You Dumbo, know what I, you know I think that about? Dumbo have one. Yeah, yeah. and and it is it's a it's Peter a matter Pan. it's a matter of if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. I mean, it's not yeah. like Walt Disney's hurting for viewers that one person not wanting to watch it is going to yeah totally destroy you and not and True. and and it all goes back to that's the reason why they need to put Song of the South on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, right. Good luck with that. Drop, hey, drop the, drop the warning. There may be things that may trigger you. If you feel this way, please turn this off now. Yeah, yeah. Or just watch with a watchful eye and know that hey, things. This happen. is the way things were back then. Yeah, but we've covered that. We've talked about that show. We're, it really wasn't nearly as racist as people claim it was. Yeah, but and anyway, that, and that—that's why, that's why I'm just like. Go ahead and put everything out there, and if it's something that's going to eat, going to aggravate, going to cause issues, yeah. put the warning out there before you before you start yep. watching. This is what could cause issues. Yeah, yeah, and fair I mean, warning. And with cancel culture being what it is today, you're gonna it's gonna come down to just about everything that's not Mickey, Donald, Pluto, Goofy cartoon yeah. is going to be written off in some form fashion way or something like that right yeah yeah and even and even some of the more modern ones like goofy movie. <laughs> yeah all right so since we've said that does it how does it fit into today's society or does well, we it? talked a bit about how it how it exists in the parks and just how even now lots of little girls want to be the the, the princess and find their their prince or, or their princess, whatever the case may be, but yeah. you know, true love and and finding that person. I mentioned a couple, couple different ways that it is it exists in the parks, and there are many many others. Just as I was thinking off the top of my head, 
even in Disneyland and in Hollywood Studios, there's a, a nighttime spectacular that's called Fantasmic. And that is mm-hmm. based very strongly off of the final scene in this movie, the mountain that Sorcerer Mickey is standing on is that same mountain at the very end of the movie that the dragon is standing on. And actually, the dragon itself is the final battle that Sorcerer Mickey has to fight in Phantasmic, is that is that black dragon. So kind of the whole, besides Fantasia, obviously, the, the huge part of that attraction, that show, is Sleeping Beauty. Not to mention mm-hmm. that a couple years ago, there used to be a parade that went through at least the Magic Kingdom. And there was a big, huge almost like a steampunk robotic black dragon that was that dragon. You hmm. could see a person pedaling like a big bicycle and there were these big t- tires and the person would be pedaling this steampunk looking dragon that was that black dragon and it would actually literally breathe fire out of its mouth. And one time as it blew fire out of its mouth, the flames blew back and caught the dragon on fire. Hmm. And it's meandering through me and there are videos all over the internet if you if you haven't seen it there's videos of this dragon its entire head and neck is just ablaze on fire and people are just screaming and you know running away and they're they're trying to calmly get it back backstage so they can extinguish it big pieces of the dragon are melting and falling to the ground it was it was quite a sight to behold i wasn't there but i heard about it and saw it later the dragon and it was out of commission for a while and then they they brought it back without the flame after they repaired it, and then eventually they brought it back with the plane. So it it's there when they bring the parades back. I don't think it's any part of the, the pared-down parades that they have now, but he was there for a, a while. Hmm. It's very... that That's a scary story. So now that you've told me the story of how a dragon blows up at Disney World, that will definitely be something that I'll look up offline, and we might actually put that link for a YouTube video in the um, show notes. So that way anybody else that wants to watch the conflagration of the great yeah. Maleficent can definitely go and see that. Yeah, I have never, I have never even heard about any of this. So that's something now on my radar and I'm going to have to go check it out. Yeah. So you, so the, the little pared down one or two character driven um, floats, you never see this in there anymore? Is that what I'm understanding? The dragon? I don't think there is. I can't say 100% because I'm not in Magic Kingdom all that often because those cast members were kind of blocked out right now. But I don't think, because the cavalcade is much smaller. They don't have floats. They just Usually it's like a, like a car, like a convertible car with the character sitting in the back seat like a, like a parade, like the Grand Marshal of a parade, yeah, sitting, waving. So you'll see Cinderella sitting in up in the top of the back seat of a car waving, or you'll see a, a few characters walking by, but... It's, they call it a cavalcade, hmm. and it's random throughout the day, no specific time, so the people don't don't gather. But, yeah, they don't have anything big like that anymore. I'm hoping that these things will come back soon with the lifting of the restrictions and such, but who knows. But, no, not at this point that I know of. No. Hmm. Well, that's sad, because now, yeah. now I'm kind of wanting to see the dragon on fire again. Yeah, it's a real fire-breathing, that... steampunk, bicycle-powered dragon. It's really cool. Yeah, that's that's gonna that that will definitely have to go in the show notes, which will actually be the first thing to ever go into the show notes. So that way somebody can actually <laughs> click on it and, and watch it wow. if they're if they're wanting to. Yeah. 
So with that, unless there is something else that you're wanting to discuss, Maleficent, Maleficent, Magnanimous, <laughs> as I am making him more and more not correct. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Not off the top of my head, no. Well, we will go ahead and wrap this one up, because while it's not a supersized episode like the last one, it's still going to be probably 50 or 55 minutes, which people seem to like content, because that's what gets them to and from work on a, on a slow day. Yeah, exactly. And since this is 1959, we will be having Scott Gardner back on to cover... Um, Disneyland 59, I'm just throwing that out there so that way you can go ahead and get ahead of it on your homework. Nice. We will be covering our next movie. We are almost through the 50s. Can you believe it? It only took 16 years, it seems like, to get through the first <laughs> yeah. 30 years of Walt Disney. But I figure that's not actually that bad because this is going to be episode 55. And nice. my computer will let you all know what you're official homework because i think we're actually out of yeah we are out of the animated movies for quite a little bit which i know which i know that's sad but it also means that we're getting into the live action adventure movies which the next one may or may not be considered that because it is the shaggy dog oh it was actually released two months after Sleeping Beauty. So this was when Walt Disney was starting to throw out movies left and right to make as much money as they could, which they are still trying to do now with the Marvel Cinematic Universe having four movies, I think, this year that's being released. Yeah, we've got The Shaggy Dog, and then after that we got Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Never heard of it. What? (laughs) Which part, The Little People or Darby O'Gill? Never heard of that movie, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, those are our last two episodes in the Disney world. For the 50. And then we may actually... We may have to watch Down and Out in Beverly for our next Touchstone movie. Just because... I think it's rated R, isn't it? Probably. The Eddie Murphy? Yeah. No, I don't think that's the Eddie Murphy movie. That would be Pluto Nash, which will be in 20 years. Or Haunted Mansion. <sighs> Shudder. That's disgusting. Yeah. Um, But that will give our listeners something to look forward to and give them a little bit of homework. So that way you've got your next few movies because we will be... We'll probably have Scott back on, and hopefully we can have Icky on to talk and have the three of us do a, a tri-cast to cover Disneyland 59. But do you have any parting words? I'm always the one that says goodbye. I'm putting you on the spot, which is very bad. Oh, no, good movie. Good good episode. Um, I don't know. Go out and watch The Shaggy Dog. I have not seen that one yet. So I'm, I'm excited to go watch that. And O'Leary McGillicuddy and the Little People. <laughs> Oh, Larry McGillicuddy. I, I think that's another that. one. I'm going to have to go watch that. Passamaquoddy, what? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, who, what? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we will we will be back in two weeks with another brand new episode, and we will have another um, Old School Saturday next week. So listen to see what we did differently, and throw us an email at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com, or... Rate us, review us, like us, tell your friends about us. Tell them they're these two crazy 40-year-old guys that are discussing Disney movies. That should get us a couple of extra listeners. Suspect, yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, until we meet again, stay hungry, stay humble, and stay away from the flaming dragon. Oh, yes. Good night, everybody. Or good day, or good afternoon, or good evening.
or to quote Truman Show, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. DMP stands for Disney Movie Podcast. Once again, thank you for listening, and have a wonderful day. What is the word? <laughs> well, we finally were able to catch up. That's a word. Woo! <laughs> yeah, that's one of the best words, right? Yeah. Just kind of stretch out a little bit more. <laughs>